everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, a hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 96. It is the Mental Health Awareness Week of October. Uh, this week, I am joined by co-host Derek Upright. Hi, everybody. And we are interviewing Derek's lovely wife, Sherry. Welcome to the show, Sherry. She is a poet. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Sherry Upright is a Hofstra University graduate with a master's degree from Hunter College. Writing has always been near and dear to Sherry Upright's heart. He began with the school newspaper in high school and later evolved into writing for Font, Hofstra's creative writing magazine. During her college years, Sherry's poetry also won several awards. She even took a one-on-one poetry course at to a prestigious Columbia University. It's always a delight to welcome Soda family members to the podcast. She is definitely a valuable part of the Soda family team, and this is no exception. Sherry, welcome to the podcast, and let's get this interview rolling. So, when did you begin writing poetry? Uh, when I was in the third grade, and I was assigned to write a report on a poet, I chose Rachel Fields. I don't remember any of the poems, but I remember loving how she wrote. It was at this point that I started writing my own poetry. I got extreme praise from my teacher, which inspired me to write more. How is writing therapeutic for you? Putting my thoughts to paper has been extremely helpful in both the good times and the bad. It is something. It's sometimes easier to write the words than actually speak them. I'd, I'd like to interject a little on that if I could, about how um, it's sometimes easier to use other mediums than speak. When I went through my own um, struggles with mental health, music was very important in um, you know, voicing my pain and in my recovery. I went through extensive music therapy and I actually used music to voice to you know members of my family how i was feeling because i often couldn't find the words to describe how deep in a depression actually was oh i didn't think i'd get that deep with people (laughs) (laughs) that's the beauty of this show it really digs into our conscious (laughs) okay so i absolutely love the brooklyn dodgers uh, and you've written a poem about the Brooklyn Dodgers. My dad was a huge fan. He went to Ebbets Field and all that. Um, Could we delve into your poem, The Game? Uh, You could read it. The Game. The game was on. Nobody was watching. Somebody laughed and a dog barked. The baby still slept and everyone was laughing. Our voices began to settle. Someone shifted in their seat. Murmurs of side conversations. A screech from the kitchen caused heavy footsteps running. Our eyes began to refocus on the game. But he continued his tale of the old days when the game was still good. He talks of hot dogs for a nickel and the price of a ticket, 50 cents. They sucked, but the stadium was always full. He shouts as excitement fills his eyes. Remember the dedication they had to the team. But that had all changed. He shares memories of the last time the bums played and he lowers his voice, remembering when they left. We asked questions. 
must have thought, been thinking of the ignorance of our generation. And mystified by the story, we all wondered who was this man? A senile man or someone passing down a legend to be remembered? There was silence. He went on. Anticipation grew. We all moved closer. So the next story was about to begin. The game was playing and everyone was watching. Oh, that is so touching. I actually had pictures of the Brooklyn Dodgers hanging really? on my wall. Yes, when oh. I in my dorm in college. Wow. I mean, I absolutely love the Brooklyn Dodgers. Wow, it's amazing. I, do you have them in your house somewhere? Uh, yeah, they're somewhere. Will you in, show in me a box next somewhere. One? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have to find them yeah. first. But that's a very cool look at. My favorite Dodger is Pee Wee Reese. Yes. I think of not course. only well, not only was he the most amazing shortstop, he was, you know, he was a free thinker. He defended Jackie Robinson. Yeah. It was it was depicted so well in the movie. 42. It really was. Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, I have. That's, yeah, I follow my grandfather. Would have been alive for that movie he would have loved it right yeah absolutely we watch that movie on a regular basis yes, we do. <laughs> your grandfather sounds like an amazing man i'm sure he would have hit yeah. it off with my dad that would have been very he nice. did call me dexter for <laughs> yes. a lot of the time but he other did. than that he was he was quite a guy yeah <laughs> and he did he live near ebbets field um yeah he lives in brooklyn yes yeah. That's great. Yeah. You got to go see them live. Yeah. Oh, if I only had a time machine, I would love <laughs> yeah. to go to a Dodgers game. <laughs> I got to meet Ralph Branca. I don't know who that is. Okay, he came later on. Remember that the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, the Dodgers blew it? Right. And he was the one who pitched Ah. <laughs> that yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's like it hangs over his head. Right, right. Yeah. I know who he is. Okay. Yeah, he was a real sweetheart. He was flirting with me a little bit. I'm I'm old enough to be his granddaughter. <laughs> Wait, was this before Joe? Because I know Joe wouldn't stand for that. <laughs> yes, it was before Joe. Okay, good. Uh, so. You were in a band, a marching band, as a flautist on Fifth Avenue? Yes, yes. Um, I was in a marching band, and every year we competed in the Columbus Day Parade, and we always won, because we were awesome. Uh, it was thrilling and scary all at the same time. Hearing the conductor say, quote, mark time, mark, and end quote, uh, and that meant it was time to start. And you, you started on the red carpet where all the judges were, and uh, my stomach always had butterflies, uh, but they were good butterflies, and at the end, the butterflies released, and it was just such a great experience every year to do it. How exciting. It really was. It was an amazing experience, and to do it every year and always win and everything. What was the name of the marching band? It was East Meadow High School marching band and you were undefeated champions that's very at least cool. in my reign <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Jerry ruled the flute <laughs> I wasn't that bad I was pretty good actually what was the prize respect <laughs> <laughs> bragging rights Bragg thank you that's what I, was, I said that yes, before you, I you said, said those exact words to me <laughs> 
<laughs> did you guys get your picture in like the I think we did. Yeah, definitely in the local paper. Cool. Yeah, and my mom always recorded it so I could watch us when when uh, we got home and everything. So, what types of songs did you play? Um, I know every year we played uh, Stars and Stripes Forever, and then with uh, a different um, song. Uh, but I have I couldn't tell you what they were. They were different every year. That's really, really cool. Yeah, wow. yeah. How fun. Could you read the poem about the marching bands, please? Yes. Um, I still hear Fifth Avenue. <laughs> I still hear the music, the notes dance around in my mind. We march in perfect unison. Mark time, march, and our feet began to move. Instruments up, Fifth Avenue was waiting. We moved like a flock of geese together. We start to play. Each beat is gold. Adrenaline rush, one sweet prayer, we are one. The right carpet approaches us. The practice and the pain become real. We can see the judges. Panic. What am I afraid of? Fifth Avenue is mine. The notes sing in harmony. Exhilaration fills me, but they have moved on. The music fades. I am alone with my solitary notes still singing. I wish we could have marched forever. It's even more personal to me because... I got very sick in high school, um, I'll explain that later, uh, with bipolar disorder, and um, I wasn't there for my senior year, and that's how I felt like they had moved on without me, and um, I wish it could have marched forever, but unfortunately I got very sickened. I'm sorry to hear that. But you found a release in your music and in your writing. In my writing. My writing helps me with with everything. That's beautiful. Yeah. Did you ever play the flute on your own? Actually, when my parents moved, uh, we found my old flute and had warped. <laughs> she was <laughs> so upset. I couldn't put it together again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, we'll, we'll get you a new flute. No, but actually, um, there's this thing called NISMA, New York State Music Association, and I think twice I participated in it. Now that's really anxiety provoking. I mean, um, you you go in with a judge and you practice and practice this piece um, for forever, and then you go to the judge and you get to play it, and it's like I I got a ninety eight, but like most people, the really good people, they get like a hundred, and they go on to a prestigious band, and a ninety eight's pretty good, so. I was always happy with that. It was a lot of practice and everything with that. I, en- I enjoyed it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it the second time. So you might pick it up again one day? <laughs> if I could find a flute. Okay, and you've written a poem about your childhood. Would you like to share that with us? Yes. Um, this I wrote as a part of my salutatorian uh, speech. It was at the very end. Uh, yeah, so it's called Childhood. Days of carpools and playdates are long gone. Secrets told in the dark of night no longer matter. Friends who are inseparable now scattered. The long walks to neighborhood video store on Saturday afternoons no longer exist. You prayed for your crushes to talk to you and found they had nothing to say. The mysteries of popularity unfolded, but you had already grown up. Bullies who teased you on the playground finally got what was coming to them. The kids who you and your friends laughed at finally got their revenge. 
The spaceship disguised as a swing set to you and your best friend took off and never came back. Millions of stuffed animals, each with its own name and personality, occupied your bed every night. Now only one remains. Peeing in the pool was socially acceptable. It was trendy to use nightlights. Your babysitter was the coolest. You had each Dr. Seuss book memorized. Debbie Gibson ruled the music world. Your thumb was always in your mouth and your blanket was always in your hand. Cartoons fried your brains every day after school. Nightmares are real. Your older brother was a hero. Your mom and dad loved you. And everyone thought you were a princess. The, the thing that I love about this poem, and I just want to say before I get into that, picking three poems out of her portfolio was so hard because they're all just so wonderful. And it was such an honor to to learn something new about my wife after all these years. But Thank you. I can get through this. Um, I'm crying a little bit. Aww. The thing that I love about this poem is the the imagery is so relatable. Thank you. Wow. This, this is probably most, you know, touching podcast. I've never had anyone get emotional Aww. before on the podcast. So this is a very, very special episode. Aw, thank you. Uh, hope that's too depressing. <laughs> no, I think the poems are beautiful. In fact, I find them uplifting and inspiring. Oh, really? mm-hmm. That's nice. Child is actually my favorite poet poem. And I have a confession to make. I still have a hundred stuffed animals with names and personalities. I know. We too. <laughs> We've seen them. <laughs> I used to buy her a stuffed yes. animal for every Valentine's Day. Yes. I had to stop or there it was no good. room. Because I didn't, I didn't see a divorce for us in sight, so it it just had to end. There was just. Um, too many, too many. We had to stop the stuffed animals. Yeah, <laughs> my husband Joe, you all know him. He's got a rule: I'm only allowed three on the bed when we sleep. <laughs> I, it could be any three I want. <laughs> Joe runs a tight ship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so, how many poems overall have you written? Oh wow, um, I've written dozens of poems. Um. Most of them I wrote during uh, when I was dealing with mania and depression from bi- from bipolar disorder. Um, the disorder, um, before you get the right dosage of medication, uh, gets the creative juices flowing, and they flow and they flow. Um, and when they flow, it's really easy to write and just get your thoughts out and just really easy. Um, but obviously, I pay the price for that creativity, and I would rather have. No, I cut that. Out. Uh, so yeah, so it came at a price, but you know. Yes, um, I've known other bipolar people who were very, very, very creative. Mm-hmm. I know a woman who painted. Uh, yeah, yeah. All these incredible paintings. Uh, are there poets of the past or the present? whose yes. work you admire? Yes. Um, Robert Frost is definitely my favorite poet. Um, the poem, The Road Not Taken, really speaks to me. Um, in my life, I've had many opportunities to choose different roads in my life. And as the poem says, the road I took has made all the difference. Um, I feel that if I had taken a different path, um, my life may have 
been different, but I don't regret the road at all. I mean, it's led me to Derek, and that's just... Thank you. That's just the best thing in the world that could have happened to me. Aww. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I feel like Barbara Walters, but like a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a poet, is she? No, she's an interviewer, oh, like okay. myself. Oh, because you're an interviewer, yeah. yeah. Oh, but Barbara Walters will keep digging. When she gets someone right. to cry, she'll keep... <laughs> I would never do that. Have you considered trying some other poetry forms, like haikus or sonnets? Um. Well, in college, I took... um. An independent study class, you know, one-on-one with a professor. Um, and we wrote some sonnets, uh, which I enjoyed. But a really fun type of poetry uh, was, I don't know the technical term, but it was like fictional poetry. Um, and it's basically a short, short story that changed into a poem. And that was really good for me because I write short stories also. And... Um, but once again, it was all about getting my feelings on paper and everything. I really enjoyed that class. That was just one of my favorite classes in, in uh, college. It was just, yeah. You could still do that now, right, in that style. Yeah. That's, that's yes, absolutely, yeah. Are you working on anything currently? Like, what are those, some of the current works you've done? Um, I really only write... To heal myself, you know, right now the the medication kind of numbs me, so. Well, it doesn't numb you. You, you just feel good. I, yes. I, I think. <laughs> no, I do feel good, but it's just the creative juices, like I talked about before. Yeah. The oh, medicine. numbs your creativity. Yeah, yes. Which is kind of sad, but means I'm healthy, so. That's good. So, like, would you ever get inspired? Let's just say you went through a really cool experience. Like, you and I went up to the summit. The summit. (laughs) That's actually a cool thing I could write about. You've inspired me. Yay! (laughs) I'll let you know how it comes out. And I've been telling you, (laughs) get back into the writing. You're too damn good. And if anyone is listening who likes Sherry's poems, let's start a hashtag. Oh, God, Derek. Um, you know, letter writing, whatever you people do. I, I don't know, but let, let's get this girl writing. Come on. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not, on any, I'm not on any social media, so no Oh, oh Lee and I are. We'll, <laughs> okay. We'll be your hype people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What topics do you enjoy writing the most about when you were writing? My feelings, my surroundings uh, in the game and childhood um, represented a period of time for me that really inspired me to, like the summit. You know, I I never thought to actually do that, but I'm definitely going to. Yay! Um, it's a period of time. It, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week. So it could be a very intense event. Right. With yeah, I have many poems that are very intense, yeah. Um, oh, okay. I think the last question you've already answered. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, great. 
would you consider lyric writing because you're a flautist so you know music you understand music <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the th- that's the thing actually um i think that i could go back to other not these or maybe fifth avenue and i could i think the game would make an awesome yeah song. yeah i wouldn't know how to put music to it but i could definitely find poems or write a poem i don't know for music i could probably look through my stuff and find something i, I know a musician I'm, I'm, <laughs> i was like who <laughs> i'm not volunteering him for more work right. because he's he's overworked as it is but <laughs> Maybe after he's done with our secret project. Yes. Right, yes. Our not-so-secret project is kind <laughs> yeah. of out there now. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Have you ever tried writing short stories? Yeah. I, I actually would have liked to have given you one, I, but it's too long, and I couldn't have read it on on a soda, because it's too long, I think. Um, What's the name of it? What was it about? Um, it was called Lily of the Valley, um, and it was about this, it, it kind of like, um, Beauty and the Beast type of deal, this ogre who lives in a castle and everything, and he was so mean that he turned everything barren and everything, he lived on top of a hill, and basically he, uh, he lived on top of a hill, and basically he, uh, one, one day... He met someone, and I swear I didn't take it word for word from Vivian the Beast, but he he changed in some way, and he started planting something, uh, a flower, and then all of a sudden, all throughout the valley, this beautiful lily of the valley rose, and wow. it, yeah, it was it's good. I, I like it. I it, I actually um, won an award for that. Did we discuss that? No, we. I don't think we got into that. Uh, you've written other ones too. Yeah. Um. So it's about a girl who, um, lost her uh, memory. She woke up one day. She had no memory, and uh, she was really scared at first. And um, she started going through her house, and and she talked to her family members, trying to get a piece of, um... Oh, I think at the beginning there was, like, a storm that hit and everything, and that's why her memory left. Um, so she's talking to her siblings and her parents, trying to regain stuff, and, uh... I know a big part of it, uh... She went into the attic and, um... To go through, like, her parents' stuff, uh, to see if she could, um... See if she could jog her memory. Yeah, exactly. Uh... And at the end, she goes to sleep again, and there's another storm, and she wakes up the next morning, and she remembered some things, but not everything. And the whole point of the story was that, you know, it's not your typical, oh, okay, so that happened, so her memory's gonna magically appear again. She has to deal with the fact that she will never have her full memory again, and... You could write a novel too. I could. So- I, I once. I my goal back in the day was to write the great American novel, but that was really hard. I gave up on that. It's just, I've 
tried writing novels. I think I ended up writing one that wasn't really good. (laughs) um, Actually, you're going to like this. Okay. Um, When you moved in with me, Mm -hmm. we had a studio apartment. And uh, you were on the couch watching TV. And I sat down to my computer. And I started writing a story about us and how I had found my Prince Charming. Aww. And I deleted it. What? <laughs> but I started writing it. Okay, with all the emotion in this episode, everyone's going to either cry or throw up, I swear. I just couldn't make it flow and make it bigger, and maybe one day I'll try that again. Or find an inspirational time, maybe around your anniversary, for it to yeah, maybe take flight. Oh, that's coming up! Thank you. For oh wow! Me. What you, is this September? It September's almost over. I have to get a card. Do I really have to get you a card? Yes, Do we need cards. Yes, we need cards. He oh. never he never did cards before me. I remember our first my first birthday with him and. He didn't get me a card, and I was really pissed off at him. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was Joe and me. It was just the opposite. I, oh, really? Yeah, I'm not into cards, and uh. Joe was. <laughs> now I'm a bad influence on him. We, we both don't do cards. <laughs> this isn't my being here enough. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Real Grande? Does oh. the audience really need to hear this? Now we're just talking like the audience isn't here. Should I leave it in because it's cute? This I whole, think it's cute. All this bantering, or yeah, should I, I like cut it. it out? I'll keep it in. <laughs> all right, I'm keeping it in, everyone. <laughs> this this is pretty much what it's like when Lee and Joe come over and we yes. hang out. <laughs> and Anthony can't, and leave, can't leave out Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> That's the charm about this episode, too. There's a real homey feel to it. It's yeah. like you get a little peek into our lives. Yeah. <laughs> The public at large. Right. <laughs> Do you hear one of Anthony's coworkers is now following State of the Arts? Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. After right. And one yeah. of mine. Oh, got... One of yours, oh. too? Nice. Oh. Uh, you, uh, you don't know her. Oh, okay. Really cool. And so the audience is growing. I'm very yes. proud of that. <laughs> and this has been such an amazing interview. Is there yes. anything you'd like to say to the audience before we sign off? Yes. Um, I know you say be true to yourself, but I just want to reiterate that. And, uh, if you have a thought, write it down. It might expand. It might end up in the garbage. But just put pen to paper and you might get somewhere. Amen. I second that. I'm a writer myself, as you all know. Yeah. And writing is just the most amazing thing. It's like you have this world inside your heart that you unlock. Yes, and when you unlock it, it's just... He's crying again. I, no, I'm just thinking about you. And it makes oh. you cry sometimes. In a good way. i like, oh my God, what did I do with my life? Not, not like that. No, I'm just thinking because you... We, we had doubts about whether you were going to do this. But you're a rock star. Don't ever forget that. Thank you. Because you own this. Because you have so much good and so much talent inside of you. And now the world gets to hear it. Or the soda world gets to hear it. So thank you. Thank you. For allowing everyone to 
here's some of your brilliance. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. This was one of the most beautiful moments ever on Soda. I just want to say, Barbara Walters, eat my <laughs> dust. <laughs> and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts. Remember to be true to your dreams, be positive, and stay safe out there. Take care, everyone. <laughs>